Hello everyone, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your one and only host, Monica Dulcio. Welcome and or welcome back to the pod. If this is your first time listening, hi, thank you for listening. And if this is your returning, if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. All five of you, I really appreciate it. Just want to make a quick announcement. Um, I am now going to be live streaming each podcast on Twitch when I record, so... Find me at M-A-N-I-K-A 3000 on Twitch. It's going to be a fun time. And uh, yeah, of course, this episode is late again, because all my episodes are always late. Because who can't be on time? Me. Anyways, let's get into today. Today is Wednesday. Usually on Wednesdays for pods, we just talk about things that we're interested in. And it's less of a review and more of just like... um, just like a kind of like pick a random topic kind of pod. Usually I'll do something like TV shows that um, are too long to review. So, or I do like movies that are bad, but I like them anyways. Today I want to talk a little bit about Netflix and their failure in um, storytelling. And of course with this podcast, I'm always late to the trends. I'm never someone who's like always on trend with anything. And you know, that's my fault, of course. But also like... I'm not really great at like researching stuff. I did do a lot of research in these in the three shows I'm going to be talking about today, but I'm not really good with like data and like facts and stuff. So if anybody can fact check me in the comments of this pod, please let me know. Like please do that. That'd be greatly appreciated. Anyways, let's just get right into it. So first show I want to talk about is Insatiable. Now many of you may know Insatiable as a show on Netflix with Debbie Ryan in it. And you may also know the show because when the trailer came out, there was a petition that was put up that got like about 200,000 signatures telling Netflix to cancel the show. And Netflix always has this problem with shows that are like incredibly problematic with like the source material within them. And I do have to say, like, I understand that there are people who like these shows and think these shows are really good and everything. And that there are people who'll be like, oh my gosh, you guys are just reading too much into it. Like, you're like hating on this show for no reason. And honestly, like, to those people, I want you to like sit down and really listen to this podcast because I have so many notes as to why I don't like any of the shows I'm going to be talking about today and the main reason why I have a problem with these shows or why anybody has a problem with these shows. People don't hate things for no reason. Like not all the time, but usually people have a reason why they don't like things. And I have a very good reason as to why I don't like Insatiable. First of all, hi, my name is Monica. I'm a plus size woman. And when I watched the trailer for Insatiable, I was immediately just like, like grossed out by the fact that Debbie Ryan is wearing a fat suit. You know, why is it that Hollywood always has skinny people in fat suits? Why could you guys just hire fat people to play these roles? I don't want to see a a skinny person in a fat suit because I know that eventually they're going to take off that fat suit and they're going to be their thin selves. And usually in these shows, um, when the person loses the weight, when the main character loses weight, that's when they're happier. That's when they feel more successful. And that's when they finally like, you know, that's when their life finally goes right. Because when they were fat, everything was terrible and wrong. But also Hollywood, when you put people in fat suits, it means that you only see fat people for our bodies, our disgusting, gross, unhealthy bodies. And you only see us as like problems that you want to solve quickly. And there have been times where like, they'll take someone who is 
plus size and force them to lose a lot of weight for a role very quickly in a very unhealthy way. And of course, that stems from the very disgusting beauty standards within Hollywood and within society itself. So when I, when I first watched the trailer for the show, I was, you know, not excited for the show, of course. But then when I saw it was a revenge plot, I thought maybe this is interesting. Maybe this seems good, you know, like, the girl was bullied for being fat and now that she's lost this weight, she wants to get revenge on the people. And I thought, okay, maybe this is going to be like a campy murder mystery, like Ryan Murphy type of tease. And I, I'm going to be honest, like I did watch the first season, but I don't remember much of the first season. So I had to go off of like a lot of like reviews on YouTube, but for the most part, the show is not good. Okay, I like some things about the show. Like I like the fact that this girl's life does not get better after it get, after she loses weight, but that's mainly because she keeps ruining her own life, right? So the girl's name is Patty. Now that's your first mistake. Why is her name Patty? Why can't her name be Deborah or like Joan? Why does it have to be Patty? Well, of course, Fatty Patty. I mean, like. When I write stories, I am like on the baby names website and just like randomizing names, you know, like y'all could have named her Ayana or something like that. But, you know, we're stuck with Patty. So beginning of the show, Patty, she is fat. Um, she has a friend, Nani, I think her name is, who loves her. Nani's gay. She's obviously gay. Like we know. And. Nani is super nice to Patty and her best friend, but Patty hates her body. She hates her life. And one day she's outside of a gas station and she's eating a candy bar and a homeless man asks for the candy bar. She says, no, she punches the homeless man in the face. The homeless man punches her back and her jaw gets wired shut. And then she's on a liquid diet for a few, like a few weeks or like two months or something like that. She loses 75 pounds, which is obviously very, very concerning. Like losing 75 pounds in that quickly of a time on a liquid diet, it's really gross. And like, I know this isn't the showrunner's intention, but when young people see that she lost that much weight that quickly on basically a liquid diet, I think that will subconsciously encourage young people to lose weight because it's not like there aren't young people who are constantly online seeing like supermodels push like appetite suppressing lollipops and fit tea that's basically a diuretic as a way to like lose weight and like fit into this impossible beauty standard so that's one problem i have with the show with the whole liquid diet thing i know that i might be reading a little bit i might i know that i might be reading into that part but kids are very influenced by the things that they watch on television so there's nothing that changes my mind to the fact that there might be some kids that would want to go on a liquid diet after seeing how much weight this girl lost even though it was just a skinny actress in a fat suit she literally just took off the like giant pillow they put over her stomach and oh my gosh look I'm skinny now like it's not anyways moving on so she realizes that losing weight won't fix her life obviously but that doesn't mean that the show isn't trash one problem I have with the show isn't really a big deal but there are voiceovers in the show. And I feel like the voiceovers in the show are a lot like the laugh tracks in some of these comedy shows that you see on like CBS or like Nickelodeon, where the main character will tell a joke and the other character will like have a quip off of it. 
And if you heard it in real life, you wouldn't laugh. You wouldn't think it's funny. But because there's a laugh track, you it like subconsciously is trying to tell you like, oh, all these people find it funny, but you don't find it funny. Do you not understand comedy? So then when you're watching a show with a laugh track, you like kind of want to laugh along with them. But like, it's not funny. It's not entertaining. And that's the problem with this voiceover. Like, the voiceover just does too much explaining. She just talks too much. You don't really need a voiceover for this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, Basically, I feel like the voiceover was a cop-out for the bad writing. There's a lot of bad writing in this show, obviously. But you could, like, the only show on Netflix that really needs a voiceover is obviously the show You. Because that guy will literally be staring at somebody and just not say anything. But he's talking to himself in his head. And the thing about You is that, like, Joe, he's a serial stalker. He's a murderer. And the characters in the show don't know this. But we as the audience know this. And hold on. The phone's ringing. Hold on. Okay, the phone's stopped ringing. Now, as I was saying. So, the voiceover just kind of like like the voiceover in you as i was saying with the joe when you're watching the show the characters don't know that joe's a serial killer like in season one joe is in love with beck and he seems like this really charming guy who likes to read books and is trying to be this knight in shining armor for this damsel in distress and we can tell what joe is thinking because of the voiceover because you can't tell what Joe is thinking through his actions. His actions contradict his true motives and his true intentions in the show. And that's why his voiceover is needed in the show You. But in Insatiable, I don't need Debbie Ryan telling me why this character wants to light a guy on fire. I know why. She's mad. She's angry. We get it. I don't need the voiceover telling me that she was happy that this guy dropped dead after she told him to drop dead. We saw her tell him to drop dead. He died. She smiled. It's simple. We understand. Do you not have faith in your actor's acting abilities? Do you not have faith in your writing? I mean, you have to. I mean, well, I wouldn't have faith in this writing because the character Patty is inconsistent in every single way. You know, she falls in love with three different guys. And also one of the guys she's fallen in love with, one of the guys that she falls in love with is a grown man. He's a grown married man questioning his sexuality and he was also falsely accused of molesting a young girl which is super cringeworthy in the time of the me too era especially with like Alyssa milano in your cast girl what what are you doing honestly because like literally the scene goes as followed um a mom gets on the stage and falsely accuses bob i think his name is i don't really care she falsely accuses the pageant coach of molesting her daughter and everybody is shocked and automatically believes her which is also like kind of a commentary on how people always believe the victim it's like oh what if the victim's wrong and i don't like it when shows put false accusations of sexual misconduct in your show as a plot point because false accusations are usually like false accusations are very rare rare when it comes to accusations of sexual assault and people already don't believe young girls when they come forward about sexual assault so you putting this in a show that's supposed to be catered to young girls is not great also i don't like the fact that there is a high schooler like pining after this grown man i know that debbie Wright is in high school we all know this but her character is in high school which is the problem with this that's the problem that i have also like 
the guy is probably bisexual, but they're not going to say that he's bisexual. They just dance around the fact that he's interested in men as well as women. And then Debbie Ryan outs him, which isn't okay, which isn't good. Like Debbie, Patty in this show is not a good person. She's not someone that I want to root for. I'm not on her side in any of the situations that she brings upon herself. There's one scene in the show where she throws a girl off of a trailer to prove that this girl isn't disabled and then it seems like the girl is disabled so of course patty has to deal with the consequences of her actions but then it turns out that the girl was faking it and she is actually able-bodied and then it seems like patty was in the right the whole time but let me tell you something this is terrible and bad because able-bodied people question if people are disabled like truly disabled like really disabled all the time like if you see somebody in a wheelchair and you see them stand up they'll be like oh you're not actually disabled why do you need a wheelchair you don't know this person's condition you don't know this person's limitations you don't know this person's health history say out their business like when people see someone parking in a disabled parking spot but they can work with walk with their legs do not question someone's disability. You don't live their life. You don't know them. You're not their doctor. Stay out of their business. So for her to literally like throw that girl off the trailer and for her to be faking her disability, it's gross and it's ableist and I just don't like it. Also, why 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 is she going around killing people? Are we really that mad? Are we really that mad? Because I think that Patty, judging from the school that she goes to and the clothes that she wears, it seems like she could afford therapy. Like, her parents could have her sit down on a couch and talk to John Stamos or somebody. Because this is, like, it's ridiculous. Also, how am I supposed to root for a girl who's trying to break up somebody's marriage? And we're supposed to be, like, be happy that she broke up the marriage because it, it turns out that Alyssa Milano's character is not a good person. And debbie ryan like wins but she doesn't win nobody wins some of these people are good and i know that there are shows where like the main characters are bad people and we're not supposed to root for them and that not all characters are supposed to be likable but if you're going to write a bad character some part of them has to be likable some part of them has to be like interesting you know you can write a character who is manipulative and selfish but there can be a good reasoning behind their selfishness. Like, Patty was bullied and she wants to get back at the people who hurt her. But she doesn't have to pine after an adult man who was, okay, falsely accused of sexual misconduct. But in trying to break up his marriage, what purpose does it serve for you? What purpose does it serve you to out him in front of his entire community? How does that help you? That just ruins his life. Why are you doing it? What's what's the reasoning behind it? It doesn't make sense. And there's no real exploration of like real life issues. Like I understand that the show is supposed to be about like body image issues and like um, body, like all that stuff. I get it. There's one scene where Patty's talking to a girl who's trans and she talks and Patty's like, I don't know if I'll ever be thin enough. And the girl who's trans, she's like, I don't know if I'll ever be female enough. And it's an interesting scene, but it doesn't go past that. The girl is just there for that scene and then she's gone. There's another um, character who is trans as well. All, like All the characters who are minorities, they're just there. They're just there as filler. They're just there as stand-ins. They're there so that the writers and the casting directors could be like, oh, look, we have diversity, but... You can't just have diversity just to have diversity. You can't just put a character in there 
and ha- let like they have no depth they have no nuance they're just there for that scene and then they're gone they're just there so you can say like oh look we're inclusive but it's not really inclusivity because you don't really write for the character you don't give the character any depth you don't give the character any motivation no purpose like you could write this person you could write this character if you have a character who is a person of color who is black indigenous you know person of color disabled a part of the lgbtqia community if you put this character in your show and you could write this character out and the story doesn't change at all you did nothing with this character except nani i kind of do like nani like justice for nani like i feel like she's very interesting and i feel like we could learn a lot more about her really you see but i don't like the fact that she's constantly pining after patty because patty doesn't care about her patty only cares about herself patty does things for her own best interest or the writers will write of her motivations and change her motivations in any way that serves the plot which in turn makes the plot nonsensical but you know nani i said her name's nani right nani right nani is patty's lesbian friend there is a scene where Patty literally goes, oh, well, you're not gay. If you're gay, I would know it. I'm your best friend. I know everything about you. It just shows how selfish Patty is and how self-absorbed she is and how she doesn't really care about her friend and doesn't see her friend and only sees her as a sidekick or a support system and just expects her to just be there all the time. Like, it's very obvious that Nani's into her because she keeps staring at her and, like, giving her, like, lovey-dovey eyes, but... You know, we don't learn anything about Nani, really. I, you know, I would like for her to, like, maybe grow as a character and, like, have her own, like, motivations and stuff. But I've only watched the first season. I know nothing about the second season. I don't plan on watching the second season either. Also, we learn nothing about Patty either. We know nothing about her, truly. We don't know anything about her. We didn't know anything about her when she was fat because she was only fat for, like, a short period of time. They only showed her being fat just to show, like, oh, look, this is a fat girl and she was bullied. Now she's pretty. Now she's beautiful. Because that also taught that, that, see, that whole thing just brings back the problem with this show that her being fat was just a before and what really matters is the after and that fat people are just a before and you're waiting for the after you're waiting for the glow up you're waiting for the change that somehow her being fat was a detriment to her life and it is possible that she was still self-absorbed self-absorbed and rude and mean when she was a fat person but we don't know that because we never really got to know her when she was fat we just got to know her when she was thin so all in all the show doesn't have any message it claims to be about spreading it claims to be a show that talks that speaks against bullying but it doesn't really delve into the psychological effects of a negative body image the comedy doesn't work as well it's not funny the show isn't funny or interesting at all you know um there are times in the show where like it seems they there are times in the show where offensive things happen and I think it's meant to be satire but just because you put offensive things in your comedy show does not automatically make it satire that's not how it works you know you have to support it you have to write satire you have to put some work into your writing you gotta put some nuance you gotta put some spice you gotta put some flavor in it you gotta put something in it you know that's not enough it's not the show is just weak it's not good it's weak it's boring it's bland all the characters are just 
unseasoned, unfunny, uninteresting, and all of it is just gross, you know? The show tries to convince us that these characters, like, I, I don't know. I feel like the show sometimes tries, the show is obviously trying too hard. I'm sure that the creators did their best, but y'all should have done better because it just, it isn't good. All right, that's it. That's all I wanted to say about Insatiable. Let's move on to the show 13 Reasons Why, the bane of my existence. I hate this show with a passion, okay? And I know there are some people who like 13 Reasons Why, but my goodness. So many of you probably know 13 Reasons Why. Uh, 13 Reasons Why is a Netflix series that was adapted from a book written by Jay Asher. I actually read the book, uh, when I was much younger and when I read the book I liked the book you know because I really related to uh, Hannah Hannah Baker and her story because around the same age that Hannah was like written around I was that age as well and the difference between me and Hannah is that I'm a real person all right and Hannah Baker in the book she's not real and like also it's obvious that this book was written by someone who didn't really deal with mental health issues and I was too young to realize the problems with the book, but I'm old enough to realize that there were problems with the book and the show entirely. First of all, the book is a revenge fantasy plot. Okay, let me tell you something about people who are suicidal, all right? When you want to take your own life, there are people who hesitate to do it because they don't want to hurt the people they love. They blame themselves. They don't really blame other people. They know that there have been other things that have happened in their life that may attribute to them feeling like they want to take their own life but at the end of the day they blame themselves they blame their mind and they just want to escape they just want to pass away they just want to leave you know and with hannah recording these tapes and having them sent around to people that she didn't like it did seem like a revenge fantasy plot. It seemed like she was trying to get back at these people who hurt her. It's like, you did this terrible thing to me. Now look at me. I'm dead. It's all your fault. You now you have to live with this guilt for the rest of your life. That's manipulative and gross and mean, you know? And like, a lot of people may think that, like, you guys may think that I'm in the wrong for saying this, but at the same time, this is a show. This girl ain't real, okay? And this is the problem with the show, too. Like, this show can influence other people to do this as well there have been people who have taken their own life and then recorded tapes to be passed around to other people that they knew but let me tell you something if you know somebody who takes their own life and they like leave behind tapes or as soon as i know you gotta take it to the police you gotta go to the cops okay another thing about the show in conjunction with the book like the book happened overnight everything that happened with this book happened over over one night and in the show, Clay drags all of this out so that we can, like, meet the characters and, like, get to know Clay and his parents and blah, 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 all this stuff. But it feels unnecessary and it's long. Like, 13-hour-long episodes? It's just long. The pacing was terrible. I didn't like the show. It's obviously written by adults because I don't want to see three teens in a coffee shop put their hands together in a circle and say, FML. Nobody says that in real life. No one does. And all the teens in the show, the lingo is wrong. They curse too much. Like teens don't curse this much in the show. It's just, it's not realistic. And 
the characters in the show aren't that likable either. Like, I know there are some people who like certain characters, but they're all mad at Hannah for dying. They're all upset at Hannah for dying. They think that she did this to cause drama. And it sucks because, like, this girl literally died in the show. Like, she passed away. She's gone. And one thing that I, one thing that I really did have a problem with when I read the book, like, one thing I had a huge problem with was Clay because he was listening to these tapes and hearing all the terrible things that happened to Hannah and all the horrible things that led to her taking her own life and of course this show the book could be a message to people on how to treat other people better and be kinder and be nicer and all these things when you get to the seventh tape you realize that Clay didn't do anything like Clay was the nicest person to her he mainly just like made out with her and that was it but she couldn't be with him or whatever and then he just like left but she wasn't mad at him she wasn't angry at him so why did he have a tape hannah that's so manipulative and wrong you just had this guy listen to your trauma like force you had you force fed him your trauma so he can get to his tape and he didn't do anything wrong he was fine he wasn't in the wrong in any like so you just wasted all over time for no reason like i was just sitting here like because then we're sitting here and we're thinking, is Clay a bad guy? Did Clay do something wrong? Is Clay actually rude and mean? Is Clay actually someone who is an unreliable narrator? Is Clay someone we can't trust? And we find out that Clay is fine. And then we're just like, okay, so why did, why did Hannah make the tape? To, to mess with us? It's, it's so wrong. It's so, it's so unnecessary. It's so unnecessary. And honestly, like, if I had, why you, also, that's another thing. That's another thing. That's another thing about depression. If you're depressed, you don't want to tell people that you're depressed. You don't want to tell people about your trauma. You don't want to tell people anything about your life because you don't want to seem like a burden to people. You don't want to seem like you feel like you are just a waste of space and that what you're doing, like you're just like hurting other people and you're not interesting and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's just annoying and it's unrealistic and it's stupid and this show in the book was written by people who don't deal with depression or mental illness and they wrote this book in the way of like a teen trauma you know they turned suicide and mental illness into teen drama <coughs> excuse me all in all the show is disrespectful to people who actually deal with mental illness because they marketed the show for teens to teach them about suicide, to teach them about mental illness. And they also marketed the show for people who are depressed as a way to be like, hey, we understand you, relate to you, but you don't. And you can't get upset with people who are depressed for hating the show because the show continues to perpetuate myths that people do not understand about people who are depressed. You can't just use mental illness as a plot point for your show to add shock value and to make it interesting. That's not good. That's not going to work. One huge problem I have with the show, like besides everything, season two, the guy who took the pictures, I think his name is Tyler or whatever, he is not a great kid, but he gets bullied a lot in, in season two. He goes through something so terrible and so awful that I do not want to mention again, but I'm sure there is... If you look on YouTube and look up 13 Reasons Why Season 2 Review, there'll be someone who will tell you what happened to Tyler. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's horrible. And that drives Tyler to arrive to the school prom with a gun. He comes to school with a gun. 
that's another thing I hate about the show is that it takes every single issue that young people deal with and then puts it in the context of the show as a plot point. You take on every single issue these kids deal that people deal with in the real world and be like, uh, excuse me, sorry, excuse me, guys. Hey, what if we implemented every single issue that people deal with and just like make a commentary on all of it? Why? That's so unnecessary. And your writing doesn't stand, like, your writing isn't good enough for this. You don't write, like, the writing sucks on the show. So you're going to take complex issues and put it in a show that can't even handle something as complex and as serious as mental illness? Really? And at the end of season one, Clay takes a gun out of Tyler's hands and he's just standing there holding the gun. You should never approach somebody who goes into a crowded building with a gun. Never approach the gunman. You may die. Never play the hero. Duck, cover, hide in a closet, get people out if you can, call the police, do whatever you gotta do. Do not approach a gunman. You do not do that. And to put that in a show that is advertised for children when the mass shooting, mass shootings are going up in schools, in public places, in churches, in parks, in bars, everywhere, anywhere. When mass shootings are going up in this country and you put it in a show that is influential to young children to approach a gunman, you try and get these kids killed. I can't. It's irresponsible and it's stupid. I hate it. I can't stand it. Also, another thing. Why does Clay keep talking to dead people? Is he schizophrenic or not? I need to know. Somebody needs to tell me. You can't just put, like, you can't just have Clay talking to Hannah and then Bryce and then Monty in the show just so, like, just for what? It doesn't improve anything. You're just making Clay lose his mind. You're just making him look mentally unstable. And then when he does go to therapy, it doesn't really, like, do anything for his character. And when he does get, like, um, um, mentally tested or whatever, it says, they says that he's fine. Says that he's fine. Also, I don't like. It's a. I think one of Clay's parents. Aren't both of Clay's parents like therapists or psychiatrists or thing? Y'all can't see that your son is having a problem. Like Jesus. This show is a mess. It's more than a mess. It's a hot mess. And um. I think okay. Listen. All the characters are kind of bad. Some of the reasons why Hannah decides to take her own life are not... Okay, this is another problem I have with the show. 13 reasons why I decide to take my own life. A lot of times when people decide to take their own life, there aren't reasons. You know, depression is a chemical imbalance in the brain. There are a lot of reasons why someone decides to take their own life. But to have someone write out 13 reasons makes it seem like you have to have a reason to be depressed. You have to have a reason to want to take your own life. And sometimes people are just depressed and they're sad and it may be seasonal. It may be their manic depression. It might be bipolar disorder. There could be a lot of things that feed into it. It may be their socioeconomic status. It may be that they lost somebody that they love. Or maybe they just like, just maybe it's just like how they, you know, there's a lot of things that go into somebody wanting to take their own life, but having a young girl record these tapes, you know, some of the reasons why she took her own life are just kids being mean and teenagers being stupid because teens' brains aren't developed enough to make smart decisions. Like, 
when that guy was mean to her and took out those notes in her little cubby like those little nice little notes out of her like little pocket in her class mean when somebody shared her poem shady okay people not being her friend bad but it also sometimes she made things about her like when that girl ran that stop sign and it went down and then that man died on the corner like girl that was about the girl who was driving it wasn't really about you like okay maybe that's a that's a little that's a little more petty on my part i have to i'd say but you know in the second season they try to like clean up some of the problems I think in the third season actually they try to clean up some of the problems and they try to pretend like oh get people talking get people informed start a conversation you can't start a conversation when you do not have the tools to even like educate people on suicide you're not educating people okay you are creating a show that spreads harmful misinformation to young well influenced well influenced young people and they get the wrong idea you know also in season four one of the characters dies of aids what year is it it's not the 80s why does he die of aids that's so mean also i hate season three why are we trying to give bryce a redemption arc oh you know he gave money to his friend once and he was nice to his mom he raped nine girls nine that nine Bryce died and he deserved to die so what what about it like screw him okay another problem with the show is that it follows two timelines I feel like the two timeline the two narrative kind of um thing with the show it doesn't work it doesn't work it's not good you know and then in other seasons it turned into a murder mystery which was unnecessary like I don't care I don't I don't care this show is terrible the narrative cohesion sucks. It's just an all-around bad show. Hold on. My biggest issue with 13 Reasons Why was season one, where there were scenes where you watch Hannah take her own life. There are scenes where you watch two different people be sexually assaulted. Let me tell you something. You do not need to expose young people to traumatic and brutal scenes for them to understand the seriousness of the situations. You don't need to. You don't need to do it. It's unnecessary. You did it for shock value. You, 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 you don't need to traumatize young people. For what reason? You can't write. You can't put. You can't use adjectives. What about it? Let me tell you something about suicide. Like real, like real talk. When someone takes their own life, it affects everybody in their life and people who don't even know them. And it, it affects them. It affects people so deeply. The other people may start to take their own life because someone else did as well. And you put a show, you create a show where this young girl is manipulative and has a revenge fantasy. You do not really confront or talk about depression or mental illness. You don't use actual terms of mental illness to educate these people. You have two characters who are psychiatrists, but you don't really hear from them in the show. Yes, you may have behind the reasons, but... Each time I've watched that show behind the reasons, each time they have a psychiatrist on the show, the psychiatrist literally sits back on that show and is like, yeah, this is not right or accurate. This would not happen in a real life situation. This isn't solid. But nobody watches behind the reasons. They watch 13 reasons why. And I need a reason 
as to why you would put these harmful, brutal scenes. You do not have to subjugate young people to these things, okay? Young people can understand when something is bad. There, You need to draw a line between awareness and just like going wild, being crazy, just putting in things just to put them in, just to make things shocking, just to make it interesting. If you really took the time to write something of substance for your show, it would just be better and people wouldn't be so angry. People wouldn't be so upset. But the show represents all the negative things about like this show is so obviously written by people who do not deal with mental illness who simply write it as if it is a plot point not knowing the nuances and all the negative things and how it affects people and how it hurts people it's baseless it's irresponsible it's horrible i hate it it's dangerous okay the message of the show and the priorities of the show are completely at odds. You want teens interested in this show, so you put in crazy stuff to get them talking and get people to watch it, and you put things in for shock value, but that gets you in trouble with like the National Association of Psychiatrists and gets you in trouble with, with parents because they don't want their kids to watch this show, and you have a show that's rated PG-13, but you have a scene where someone's literally sexually assaulted. There are three different scenes in this show. Where someone is sexually assaulted. People die in the show way too often. For what reason? This is not Pretty Little Liars. What's with the dramatics? Can we be real? Can we be honest? This is nothing to help people. It is not nothing it does nothing to educate people. This show is not a comprehensive guide on mental illness for young people. It is a mess. It is a hot garbage fire. Yeah, I I mean, that's basically all I have to say about 13 Reasons. I'm glad that it's over now. I'm glad that the show is done now. I'm glad that it finished on the fourth season. I really do feel like the show should have ended on the second, on the first season. Like, the first season was terrible. The fact that I've had to skip through three different scenes that were completely unnecessary and unneeded and did not be need to be in the show at all. And then in the second season, y'all put that horrible scene with Tyler in it. And you'll have that stupid ending where Clay goes to confront somebody with a gun, which you should never do in real life. It's beyond me. It's beyond me. But it's above me now. So, yeah, screw 13 Reasons Why and everybody who wrote on that show. No hate towards the cast. I know Dylan Minnette just wanted to, like, chill out and dye his hair blue and play his little wallow songs. I know he just, I know, I know. I, like, nothing against you, Dylan. I'm sure you, you know, you did your best with what you had, but, you know. I'm glad that show's over forever. All right, for the last show I want to talk about, it's Cuties. A lot of you may heard of Cuties. Um, it's a French film that was premiered at Sundance and it was released on Netflix recently. And the reason a lot of you may have heard about this show was because of a very inappropriate poster that Netflix put on their Twitter account promoting the show. Also because of a terrible synopsis and the fact that the show was written TVMA. Like, the movie was uh, promoted as a film about a young girl who joins a twerking league. And, like, when you have that as your synopsis and you write this, the movie TVMA, people can only assume there's something wrong with your show. Like, very wrong with the movie. So, of course, a lot of people were upset. There were half a million signatures signed for Netflix not to release the film, which caused Netflix to release an apology 
about the movie, you know, saying that we are sorry for posting such an inappropriate poster and that they misrepresented the film. And even the director came out and said that she wrote this film and said that we are on the same side of this, that it is a film on the hypersexualization of young black girls and that it is not something that is detrimental to these kids at all and that you know they had psychiatrists on set and everything they took every precaution to make this film as safe and as educational as possible so the movie came out the movie is garbage it is trash it should not have been made i don't know how this director got away with making this movie but it's i don't i don't like it okay first of all here's the main synopsis of the film right it's about this young girl. I think her name's Amy. I think that's true. I think her name's Amy. I know I wrote it down in my notes. It's somewhere in here. But basically the young girl, she's raised in this very strict religious household. And she's taught about like all the things women are supposed to do. And one day she sees these young girls dancing. And she wants to join this dance group. So that she wants to join this dance troupe called the Cuties. And, you know, the cuties are a little opposite. The cuties wear whatever they want and they dance how they want. They use their bodies and express themselves. And in her very strict religious household, she can't do anything like that. So she says she decides to join and they peer pressure her into being inappropriate. And her mom, the school, and even like the dance troupe gets mad at her. And eventually, near the end, she stops giving into peer pressure and she leaves the cuties behind. Now, that sounds like a cute movie, right? It sounds great. But all in all, the show is... The movie is bad. It does objectify her and there's a lot of inappropriate stuff. Like, one of the main problems I have with the movie is that there are actual young children who are playing these roles. Like, all the girls are obviously, like, under 15 years old. But the big problem I have with this film is that, like, when you see them dancing, the camera zooms in on their their butts, their chest. It's not good. It's not good. Also, there's a scene where she gets pants and you just see her in her underwear. I don't know why that was there. I don't know why they put that in. I didn't like it. It made me uncomfortable. Like, this movie is meant to talk about the exploitation and the hypersexualization of black girls that they face. And that is true that young black girls are often, like, young girls have to deal with um, being more mature and they may mature faster than other girls and you know they get bullied for stuff like that and it's also like young girls because of social media they get exposed to things before they are supposed to be and then they mature quicker than they are meant to and then they start to think that they're grown that all happens in real life however i don't need a film throwing throwing like that in my face. I don't need a film where the main meat of the film is the exploitation of the young actresses. Even though you may have psychiatrists on set to like talk to the young children about how they're doing, is the psychiatrist in the writing room? Is the psychiatrist in the editing room? Is the psychiatrist with you when you were filming these scenes? Is the psychiatrist with you in the breakdown at the beginning of the day when you discuss what scenes you're going to be filming and how you're going to be filming them? Are they? No, I didn't think so. It's just you and the producers. And you choose what is shown, you choose what is filmed, you choose how it is edited and how the scene is, how the movie is put together. 
it's hot garbage. I don't like it at all. And also another thing about this film is that it's made by adults. You have young girls dancing adult dance moves. And the film is made by adults, written by adults, distributed by adults. And at the end of the day, when all these people who are upset by the trailer of the film stop watching it and don't watch it again, the only people left watching this film will be people who should not be watching this film. People who get caught by Chris Hansen, those kind of people, okay? And that's the main problem I have with this film because it's not educating at all. It's not teaching anything. It's not bringing awareness to anything. It literally exploits these young girls for the purpose of entertainment value. And that takes away from your attentions of the film. If your attention is to bring awareness to the hypersexualization of young girls, but you do that by exploiting the young girls in your film for entertainment and for money, it takes away from the message that you have in the film. And that's the problem with these shows. Insatiable is a show that was meant to be talking about body shaming and body positivity and loving yourself. But how can I root for something like that when the character kills people, uh, wants to break up a marriage, tries to expose a girl for not being disabled by throwing her off a trailer, and then suddenly there's this weird exorcism plot in your film, in your show. It doesn't make sense. Uh, 13 Reasons Why is meant to be a show about mental health, mental illness, and teaching kids to be nicer and kinder to one another, but you have a protagonist that sees dead people, but he isn't schizophrenic. You have young people who <clears throat> confront people with guns when they shouldn't do that. And that's obviously dangerous because mass shootings are up in schools. And if somebody actually like has to go through something as terrible as that, I don't want them to think that it's okay to just confront the gunman. Like no one, no one wants you to be a hero in that situation. You know, and we also have a show that talks about the message of being kinder, being nicer to one another. And it's like your writing doesn't support what you're saying. You know, you say that you want a show to spread a message and to educate people. But if your writing doesn't back that up, if your film doesn't back that up, if the outcome of your movie is just the opposite of what you say it's going to be, then you're just wasting my time. You know, and this is another problem with Netflix, you know, we can't regulate what Netflix puts on their platform, obviously, because Netflix doesn't really adhere to like, it does have to adhere like to FCC and all that stuff. Like, obviously, like American lawmakers had to get involved with the film cuties because they really did find a problem with the film. And there is a problem with the film. But oftentimes there are things on Netflix that are just inappropriate and they're just on there because you can put anything on Netflix nowadays. You can have any kind of movie or documentary or TV show put on Netflix. And there isn't anything really restricting it because Netflix isn't HBO. Netflix isn't TBS. It is an internet kind of cable. It's an internet streaming service. And streaming is a little bit more like the Wild Wild West when it comes to regulating the content. And then there will be people who will say that <coughs> content has to be controversial and it has to be surprising and it has to be bad and sometimes you can't be too sensitive but that doesn't mean that you have to have a show like 13 reasons why where in the first season you market this show to teens and to young people and then there are like two see two scenes in the show where two different people are assaulted and there's a scene where you literally watch someone die 
you know, and you just put those, those, those scenes in those brutal, completely gross scenes in just for kids to watch it. And you may say that kids need to see these things, these harsh things so that they can understand the harshness of their words. But I would have to argue that you can teach kids the harshness of their words through your writing. You don't have to put things in that are brutal and traumatizing for kids to understand there is power behind your words and that you need to be kinder to people. Because if you put in graphic scenes for the intention of educating people, that means that you don't have faith in your writing abilities to educate people through your writing, through your script. That means that you know that you can't write a script that's good enough where the characters interact in a way where it's like, Hannah died and you know what, I really have to like think about like how I interact with other students and my other peers and like what I said to her wasn't cool. Like if you don't take the time to really like create a message in your narrative and you depend on shock value to educate people, then you're not good at writing. You're not good at your job. It's lazy. It's a cop out. It's ridiculous. So yeah, that's basically all I had to say about Netflix and their true failure in storytelling. And if you like this, uh, let me know. And I will, I will see you in the next one.